You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events to get free and periodic updates to this program and our other interesting programs. Be sure to enter your email address in the subscribe to WHTT box on the right side of our website, WHTT.org. And now, ready, set, let the sparks fly. So we are starting this series on something we've discussed for years in the past. It's called Christian Zionists by people who do it. When we started hearing about this, we thought that Christian Zionism was an insult that was being hurled at these idiots. We didn't never dream that they would call themselves Christian Zionists. I never dreamed that John Hagee would ever step up and call himself a Christian Zionist. And very early he did. He loved it and identified with it. And they've adopted a term that cannot possibly exist, and they've named their faith after it. And I think we should address it in that fashion as being an impossible faith. A faith has to be based upon some reality. And where's the reality in Christian Zionism? Well, you're absolutely right, Chuck, because when you look at it, look at the term Christian Zionism, it's an oxymoron. It's two completely uh, disassociated items. Zionism was a political movement, and uh, Christianity is a religion. And so what's happened, the melding of the two, has become another religion, if you will, uh, what we contend is a false religion. And worse than being false religion it is basically Judaism and of course Judaism is not a religion either Judaism is a political movement and pretends to be a religion sometimes You've got a whole spectrum there in Judaism from yeah. Orthodox to the uh, conservative and reform that are really just social clubs probably well, those are just names of course like yeah. all the, na- the names in Christianity, they're all just names until you find out what they actually do and say and believe and, and, and where their real faith stands, if they have any. Chuck, like you said, you know, Zionism is a political agenda to set up a powerful entity, nation state in the Holy Land. And Christianity is based on the following and the teachings of Christ, who said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my followers would fight. But it's like that's not happening. So here, Jesus' followers are fighting with the Zionists to establish a Jewish state. So what's wrong with this picture, which goes back to Tom's saying about an oxymoron? It doesn't fit. What we'd like to do now, ladies and gentlemen, is to actually look at some of the beliefs of Christian Zionists. Again, we're going to put quotations around Christian Zionists because of the dubious nature of it, but we've talked about a number of different aspects in the alleged neo-Christian Zionist movement, and one of them is Christian Palestinianism, and there's a man, Dr. Paul Wilkinson from England, that has, I don't know if he actually coined the word Christian Palestinianism, But Craig has done some research on this. And Craig, why don't you just give us a little introduction to this concept that Christian Palestinianism that's used to justify the positions of Christian Zionists. 
Right. Well, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, Wilkinson coined that name as pretty much a rebuttal or pejorative against anyone who speaks out against their Christian Zionism. And so uh, we have been discussing what really came out through uh, Rob Dalrymple's ministry with us is the idea of fulfillment theology, how Jesus is the fulfillment of the promises in the Old Testament, and specifically in Galatians 3, where it gets into that. And so even Wilkinson has labeled fulfillment theology as uh, anathema, that this is bad, bad stuff. He lumps it in with what's called uh, replacement theology, uh, which we talked about last week in our podcast. But after uh, last week's podcast, I went out and just did a search on the Internet to see, okay, well, what do these Christian Zionists say about fulfilled theology and so forth? And that's where I stumbled across this about a 40-, 50-page article by this Dr. Paul Wilkinson of England. He's very well-spoken. He writes pretty well, and I think Tom's going to post my piece that I wrote on his article. And his article is entitled, Prophets Who Prophesy Lies in My Name in Christian Palestinianism. And what is so interesting about this uh, multi-page article, he is fairly good at presenting the arguments against Christian Zionism to the point that as he goes through this, I'm going, yes, these books that you're quoting, so this is great stuff. If people read the article and then go out and buy the books that speak out against Christian Zionism, they'll cease to be Christian Zionists because the uh, arguments are so well-founded in those books. I'd like to just quote from the conclusion of his article. And in, in future, uh, we hold these truths speaks out. We're going to go through these points necessarily a week for everyone, but kind of look through them. This is what Wilkinson's conclusion was in his piece. Christian Palestinianism is an inverted mere image of Christian Zionism. All the basic elements of Christian Zionist eschatology are reversed, so that the Bible is seen to be Christian, not Jewish. The land of the Bible is Palestine, not Israel. The Son of God is a Palestinian, not a Jew. The Holocaust is resented, not remembered. 1948 is a catastrophe, not a miracle. The Jewish people are illegal occupiers, not rightful owners. And biblical prophecy is a moral manifesto and not a signpost to the second coming. Despite enlisting support from the theological community and seeking validation through academia, the overriding thrust of Christian Palestinianism is political, not biblical. As we have seen, this reactionary movement spearheaded by Sabeel is a one-issue coalition of strange bedfellows who diverse ideological perspectives are held in tension as they unite against a common enemy. In the process, the reader has been alerted to the scale of this parachurch movement, which, by covering itself in the veneer of biblical respectability, has gained a major foothold within the evangelical church. Well, that statement there, that whole conclusion, is so loaded with falsehoods and things that we like to go through piece by piece and just tear it apart, because he's trying to justify his position by tearing down ours. You know, that's a poor form of debate. In his summary, he puts these seven points and kind of uh, puts the, the Bible, Christian, not Jewish, the church, the new Israel, the land, Palestine, not Israel, the Holocaust, resented, not remembered, 14 May 1948, a catastrophe, not a miracle, the state of Israel, illegitimate, not a fulfillment of prophecy, the Jewish people, illegal occupiers, not rightful owners, 
Bible prophecy, a moral manifesto, not to be taken literally, and the Lord Jesus, Palestinian, not Jewish. So those are the, the seven topics that he kind of uh, goes through. And maybe in, in future episodes, we can just go through each one of those because there is so much in there. The article that I'm posting, it also has a link to an interview. It came off of the Berean Call Ministry, which is definitely a premillennial dispensation, mid-trib rapture, and, and all those kind of things. They did an interview with uh, Wilkinson and the, I guess he's kind of one of the directors, McMahon, of the Berean Call, and they dissected an interview between Hank Hanegraaff, the Bible Answer Man, and Gary Burge. And the interesting part about this is they play so much of Burge and Hanegraaff. Again, they're letting Burge and Hanegraaff destroy the basic underpinnings of Christian Zionism. It doesn't seem to matter to these guys because they are so locked in step with their theology of Christian Zionism. Even when the facts hit them in the face, they're not going to change. They're so wedded to this position. One of my favorite things when Wilkinson is quoting scripture, he quotes from Matthew 23, where Jesus is lamenting over Jerusalem. And Jesus says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings? The next phrase, Wilkinson leaves out. He goes right on to, he says, For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The phrase that he leaves out right there in the scripture, it says, And you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. The idea of Judaism becoming desolate is something the Christian Zionists cannot embrace. Because if Christian Zionists embrace the desolateness of Judaism, then they're only left with uh, the Christianity as being the outworking, the fulfillment of Jesus' ministry. And that doesn't work. It doesn't work for them because that puts the, uh, the secular apostate Judaism off the table, and that doesn't work. So anyway, that's kind of where we're, we're looking at. Well, we want to um, point out, Craig, that we would not describe ourselves as Christian Palestinians. We're followers no, of not Christ. And we're being buttonholed here to uh, justify their positions on this notion of Christian Zionism. We'll be telling this story in a lot of different ways and approaching it in many ways, but I'm just going to leave one little factual conclusion here of the reason why so-called Christian Zionism cannot and is mutually exclusive with Christianity. There is no putting the two together the way they are imagined by the people who call themselves Christian Zionists. The first reason that comes to my mind for this is that Christianity is the following of Jesus, and Jesus' life and acts and words are all about love, love of one's brother, even love of one's enemy. When you get into the Zionist movement, you are into a political movement that has nothing to do with love. It doesn't even have anything to do with religion, and certainly not with Christianity. It's basically a political force that has resulted in continuous war, almost continuous death, constant conflict, and absolutely no love or indication of love for one's brother, and certainly not sympathy for one's enemy. So this is just, at first glance, why if someone puts together Zionism and 
and Christianity in the same sentence and tries to compare them, it has to come up as, whoa, this doesn't fit and can't be made to fit. And I think we'll be talking a lot about these precepts of Christianity that make it intenable with Zionism. Yeah, thank you, Chuck, for that. And Craig, do you want to give us a little summary here? Um, Well, Chuck, you're exactly right on that. And Wilkinson himself, he says the overriding thrust of Christian Palestinianism is political, not biblical. And we're saying absolutely 180 degrees out of phase with that. No, that our complaint against what they call Christian Zionism is because it is not biblical. It doesn't represent Christ. And there's no shred of evidence in the New Testament that would support this. These adherents always have to go back and pick verses out of the Old Testament someplace and try to make a case when clearly we have Jesus saying, my kingdom is not of this world. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll develop this in the weeks go by. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcasts. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also, at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Join us in our efforts to wake the town and tell the people. Start small, think big, and press on towards the straight gate.